Hello and welcome to this message from the room. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the Amen. Who's going fishing with me today? All right, good deal. We're going to continue our series, Hooked, this morning. I'm excited about this. It's been a lot of fun uh, putting everything together. And uh, just again, appreciate everybody that's helped us to set the stage and do all that. It's just been really phenomenal. And so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me today. We're going to be going through several different passages of Scripture uh, this morning. We're going to be in uh, 2 Corinthians today. Uh, also in Philippians and uh, uh, maybe in Ephesians as well. And so I'm just going to be bouncing around a little bit. So you just get uh, your fingers all nimbled up and ready to go. And uh, we're going to go through a few different things. Our series text this morning uh, for the series Hooked has been Mark 1.17. It says, Then Jesus said to them, Follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. Remember last week we talked about how it's our job to fish and it's God's job to catch. Our job to fish, God's job to catch. If we'll fish, Jesus will catch. If we will do what we're asked to do, Jesus will always do what He promises to do. He doesn't ask us to go and catch them. He just asks us to fish. And so this morning I want to preach to you baiting The hook, baiting the hook. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place today. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing, all that you're speaking to us through this series, Lord. I pray that, God, you would just compel us to be a part of your mission. Compel us, Lord God, to awaken to your call. Lord, I pray that we would become acutely aware of the people around us who are lost, who are separated from you, and who are in desperate need of a relationship with Jesus Christ. The relationship that I have with you, Father, changed my life. It's made me different. It's made me better. It's made me, Lord, thankful for what you've done for me. And I pray that, God, every person in this city, it's our heart and our desire to see them come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And We ask that your blessing upon this message this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. There are probably out of fishing and probably out of, the, uh, out of getting ready to fish and all the aspects of fishing, probably one of the things that most people hate the most, especially when you're using live bait, is baiting the hook. Baiting the hook. You know, it's, if you fish for catfish especially, you know, you're, you're using something stinky and something nasty and, and it doesn't matter what you do, it's just going to be all over your hands and, and you can scrub your hands until the hide comes off of them and it's still going to stink because baiting the hook is just sometimes a difficult thing to do. There's so many different types of bait. When you think about fishing and you think about, you know, gearing up and getting ready to go, depending on what you're fishing for, what you need, and and all of that kind of stuff. But really when you think about it, there's really just two types uh, of bait. When you get them down into the basic categories, there's really just two kinds. There's real bait, there's, there's the real stuff, and then there's imitation stuff. The real stuff and the imitation stuff. When we went deep sea fishing... Uh, we've gone deep sea fishing, I think, three times uh, as a church. And uh, we want to get one of those on the calendar again. We always have a great time going. 
And uh, when we went deep sea fishing, we would use herring and we used squid. And uh, it was pretty gross because it sat out there in the sun all day. It's a four-mile journey, or four-hour, excuse me, four-hour journey out to the bay where we were fishing, out to the deep sea part. And then for four hours we fished, and then four hours we come back. Well, let me just tell you, when you're going across that water, and that bait is laid out there in the baking sun, by the time four hours passes, that stuff gets pretty ripe. It's, it's, it's definitely got a smell appeal when you put it in the water. Let me just say it that way. And so, you know, we're baiting our, our fish hooks with that. We're fishing, and uh, it's just a lot of fun. It stinks, it's slimy, but the thing is, it works. It works. We caught a lot of fish because we prepared and we used the right bait. Because we were prepared and we used the right bait, we caught a lot of fish. When I go bass fishing, I like to use imitation baits. I hardly ever use anything uh, real bait when, I, when I'm bass fishing. A lot of times I use fishing worms and uh, use those. And those, those don't stink near as bad. But the point is that you have to know how to bait the hook if you want to catch fish. If you want to catch fish, you got to know how to bait the hook. you got to know how to rig the pole. you got to know how to do that stuff. Now you may catch one like I told you last week. April made some ugly rig and she caught a fish. That fish had problems. You're not going to catch normal fish doing weird things like that. But she caught a fish. If you want to catch fish consistently, you got to do it right. Fish aren't caught. Here's the thing, though. Fish aren't caught by the bait. They're caught by the hook. But it is the bait that attracts the fish to the hook. Fish aren't caught by the bait. They're caught by the hook. Because if that was the case, you would never pull up an empty hook, right? Right. And so they're caught by the hook. But you have to have both. Both. The basics of fishing is a hook and some bait. That is the basics of fishing. And so when it comes to fishing for men, when it comes to doing the, the job of becoming fishers of men, guess what you need? You need a hook and you need some bait. The hook is the gospel. Think about this. The hook is the gospel. It is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. For every person in this room that has been caught by that hook, you understand the power of transformation that it brought to your life. You understand the significance of the reality of the death of Jesus, the burial of Jesus, and oh my goodness, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You understand the power of that. The significance of that and how important that is. That's the hook. That's the hook that we have to, to deal with today. And I would say this to you in the place. Someone truly hears. I'm talking about truly hears the gospel. When they, when they get rid of all of the doubt, when they get rid of all of the preconceived ideas, when they get rid of all of the... Re, the uh, the reasons for not, and all of that stuff, when they truly hear the gospel, I mean hear it in the depths of their soul, they are going to be hooked every single time. When a person truly, truly, truly hears the truth about who Jesus is and what He came to do and who you are in relation to what He came to do, you can't help but be transformed and changed by that reality. It's something that sets deep in the heart of every single person. When the reality of who I am and who Jesus is, when those two realities collide with one another, you have a strike that is sure to set the hook deep in the heart of every single person. 
But the challenge for us is getting them to truly hear, right? That's the difficulty. That's the challenge. And, and it's, it's really getting people to move past all of their preconceived ideas and truly hear the gospel. And I think that's where the bait comes in. That's where the bait is so important. You are the bait this morning. You are the bait that God has chosen to use. You and Christ in you is what draws the fish to the hook, to the gospel hook, and it positions them to hear and to see the gospel of Jesus Christ. And once they see it, once they hear it, they are hooked. But the bait is the key. You're the key. You are the key. The bait has to get them on the hook. So let's talk about, the, about baiting the hook for a few minutes here. There are three aspects of fishing that are important for us to note. The first one is presentation. That's the way that you present the bait. The second one is attraction. The way you work the bait. And the third one is the reaction, the response of the fish to the bait. You have presentation, you have attraction, and you have reaction. And so let's talk about presentation first. Presentation, again, is about the way the bait looks in the water to the fish that you're trying to catch. There are three, basically three aspects of presentation. That's color, smell, and noise. Color, smell, and noise. Those colors, <laughs> yeah. Color is important to fishing. You may not know this. You may not realize this. But what you use as far as color in the type of water that you're in is very important to fishing. You have to understand that. You have to know what time of year you're fishing, how deep you're fishing for fish, and, what, and how you're trying to present that bait in the water. It's important uh, to the color. The second thing is the smell. Many fish respond to bait based purely on smell. Again, catfishing. It's always stinky stuff, right? It's always nasty stuff. It's always gross stuff. But they like it. To them, it sound, smells wonderful. It smells like, uh, you know, mom's roast beef or whatever. Many fish respond based purely on smell. The aroma given by the bait is what attracts that fish to the hook. Especially true, again, of bottom dwellers. They primarily hunt by smell. And then you have that third aspect, noise. What kind of noise does it make when it's in the water? I like to use topwater lures. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When you're bass fishing, I love to use a topwater lure because you get to see and experience the whole act of the fish striking at that bait. And so when you really know how to work a topwater like a popper and you throw that thing out there and you let it set for a minute and then you just slowly pop it, and you wait and you're just anticipating that next strike and then all of a sudden you boom and that fish hits that thing, takes it under. Oh man, that's exhilarating. That's exciting stuff. That, that, that makes you come back to fish, amen? That gets you going back again or using a spinnerbait or a buzzbait or something like that on top of the water. It's the same with us as the bait that God uses to set the gospel hook. Our presentation makes all the difference in the world. The color of your life the aroma of your life, the noise of your life, all attract men and women to the gospel or it repels them from the gospel. The color of your life, let's talk about that. The vibrancy in which you live. Life, color is always a sign of life. When something dies, what happens to it? Its color fades, right? It turns black or it turns gray. That's the color of death. 
when something's alive it's, and the healthier it is, the more vivid, the more br- vibrant, the more alive the colors are. I have cichlids in my office. And I can tell you when the water is not right because their color starts to fade a little bit. But when I have the pH balance right in my tank, their colors are vibrant and and they're active and they're moving around. And and you can just tell the difference in the behavior of the fish. With you it's the same. When you're in balance, when your pH, spiritual pH is right and you're in balance, the more vivid and more vibrant the color of your life is. People don't want to be around someone who's dead, dry, boring. They want to be around somebody that's got some passion and got some energy. You can't sell me on what you're, what you're trying to sell me if you're selling me half-heartedly or with no passion in it. And so when we present Jesus Christ, that's something that we ought to be passionate about. The color of our life is a presentation that draws people to the gospel hook. The aroma of your life. 2 Corinthians 2.15 says this, Because of Christ, we give off a sweet scent rising to God, which is recognized by those on the way of salvation. And it says this, An aroma redolent. With life. Oh, that's such a good scripture. He says, look, when people are on the way of salvation, the aroma of your behavior, the aroma of your attitude, the aroma of your life and spiritual life is going to draw them to Jesus Christ or it's going to repel them from Jesus Christ. And so you're giving off either a sweet scent or a nasty stink. We want to be a sweet scent. That draws people the noise of your life. What is your daily life saying about Jesus Christ? What is, it, what is it speaking to the power and the presence of Jesus Christ? What is it doing for you as far as heralding the call to salvation in your life? Fishing is about presentation. You have to present the bait well... Or it's off-putting. It's off-putting. When that lure navigates through the water, it is imitating something that is alive that the fish wants. When you work that bait through the water, it is imitating something that is alive that is interesting to that fish. Here's the good news for us. As a Christian, you're not having to imitate life. As a Christian, you are alive. You've been saved. You've been brought from death, sin, back to life. And so it's not like the lure. You're not pretending to be anything. You just have to present who you really are. I believe this and I believe the scripture bears it out very well. That if we will just be who God has created us to be without hiding or without holding back, we will present a picture that draws people to the gospel hook every single time. If we'll just be who God created us to be, without hiding, without being afraid, without stepping down, without shying up, without any of those things backing off, if we'll just be bold, I'm not talking about obnoxious, I'm talking about just being bold and living loudly for God and not be ashamed of who He is, 
that I promise you people are drawn to that because they want to believe in something this morning. People are hungry. People are looking for life. People are looking for change. People are looking for answers. And if you present those answers and the way you carry yourself and present your life on a daily basis, they're going to come to you and they're going to want to know what's different about you that they can get a hold of and get connected with. Matthew 5, 13, if you want to turn there. I'm reading from the Message Bible this morning just because of the practicality of the message today. Matthew 5, 13 says this. It says, let me tell you why you're here. I like that right off the bat. Let me tell you why you're here this morning. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness. And we'll end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be what? Light. Bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you prompt people to open up with God. This generous Father in heaven. He says, look, don't hide. Don't back down. He says, I've made you what you are today. You're to season your environment. You're to change your atmosphere. You're to go into that workplace and make the whole place change. You're to be a difference maker in people's lives. You're to shake things up. You're to stir things up. You're to make a difference. So don't you dare dumb that down. Don't you dare hide that under a bucket this morning. You shine. Shine for God. So you have presentation. The second thing that you have is attraction. Attraction. When all the presentation comes together, it becomes very attractive to the fish. When we work on our presentation and our skill set for casting, retrieval, setting up the hook, setting up the bait, learning how to work that particular bait and the certain types of depth in the right environments and such things, then it becomes very attractive to the fish. When you find the right combination and you cast that line and you work that lure right, all of a sudden what happens? Strike. You get a strike. It's the most exhilarating thing to be fishing and working that and being sensitive and you're just kind of calm and you're still and you're just doing just enough to make it work right and then all of a sudden, bam, you catch it. You hook it. And then you get to work it all the way into the bank. It's adrenaline pumping. It's just like an infusion of adrenaline in your veins. You know, we, uh, when I was, when we were kids, me and my brother, we were always looking for the secret pond. You know, there was, there was always this elusive pond out there that had these killer bass out there that if we could ever just find this elusive pond, we knew we were going to catch some trophies to put on our wall. And so we were always having our ear to the ground and we were always listening for this super pond that was out there somewhere. And we would go and we, we would take off for miles looking for fishing places and, and things like that. I mean, that's what we did. And so we heard about this pond, that it was on the back side of this, this property, way back, uh, about a mile deep into the property. And so here we go. We set off with our bucket. We set off with our lures and we set off with our fishing poles and we're headed out to this secret pond. We finally find this place. And it's way back in the middle of nowhere. And I promise you, nobody's fishing this place because most people don't have the 
have too much sense to try to crawl back there where we were. Not us. And so we get back there, and it was a beautiful, beautiful place. It had lily pads on it, and you could see the water was so crystal clear that you could see fish in there. It was exactly what we had always envisioned in our mind. It was like the ultimate place we had finally found. I'm pretty sure there was like a ray of light coming down with a little hum in the background. And so there's this huge bass out there, and I see it. And so I cast my, my line on the other side of this fish, and I'm slowly working it. And that fish has got his back to me at this particular point. And I'm going to bring it right by his tail, right by his back. And then as I'm getting closer and as I'm getting closer to him, he starts to turn just a little bit. And I can sense it in my, in my gut. You know, it's just about to happen. He turns his head and he's looking at it. He's being real calm. And then all of a sudden when I bring that right to his face, he hits that thing and I'm telling you what, it was the greatest moment ever. Reeled that sucker in. I'm shouting. I'm jumping up and down. I'm so excited because it was so exciting, the anticipation of what was about to happen and actually being able to see it all play out right before your very eyes. This fish, I'm just luring him in slowly, and he turns, and he's looking at it, and then all of a sudden he hits that thing. As a soul winner, guess what? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. You live boldly and you live unashamedly and you live rightly before those people around you and maybe through several passes even. Not even a nibble. But one day, one day there's going to be a time where that person that you've been living right before, that you've been trying to showcase Christ for, suddenly begins to turn just a little bit. And they start paying attention to your life a little bit more. They start watching what you're doing even more. And over time, before long, there comes a day when the atmosphere changes just right. You finally stumble onto the perfect scenario. And then all of a sudden, bam, they strike. They want what you got. And you're able to lead them to Christ. I'm telling you, if you've ever caught a great fish, you know how exciting that is. I'm telling you, it's even more exciting when you catch somebody for God. When you love somebody into the kingdom of God. There's nothing more exhilarating and faith building than leading someone to Christ Jesus. It's an affirmation of your faith and a recognition of your identity in Jesus Christ. And this is what we fish for. This is what we're fishing for. What is attractive When we talk about attractive, when we talk about attracting, what is it that it's attractive to the world? I think consistency is attractive. In a world that is very inconsistent, consistency is attractive. I think faithfulness is attractive. I think when people are faithful and they just show up each and every day with the right attitude, with the right mindset, and they give their best, I think that's attractive to the world. What else is attractive? I think it's attractive to live with grace. I think it's very attractive to live with grace when people do you wrong and you're able to just respond in grace. Forgiveness is attractive. Being able to forgive people and move on is a very attractive quality. Exemplifying the fruits of the Spirit in daily living, that's attractive. Those things are extremely attractive to the world that doesn't see those things on a regular basis. And the same... In the same sense, what's unattractive? I think it's unattractive to claim one thing and live another. To say I'm a Christian 
and then let my life exemplify something that is counter to that. Living a double life, a church life and a worldly life, I think that's unattractive. I think living erratically is unattractive. Coarse speech is unattractive. God created each of us and saved each of us and redeemed each of us to be attractive to the world that is lost. Here's what it says in Philippians 1.9. It says, so this is my prayer, that your love will flourish and that you will not only love much, but well. I like that, don't you? Not only that you will love much, but you would love well. You're not just loving a lot, but you're loving really good. You're doing it right. You're caring for people. You're, you're, you're being there for them. You're, you're loving them through their difficulties. It says learn to love appropriately. You need to use your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere and what? Intelligent. We're not disconnecting our brains. We're engaging our brains to be a part of this. It says it's not sentimental gush. He says, live a lover's life, circumspect, in other words, guarded and exemplary. A life Jesus will be proud of. Verse 11 says, bountiful in the fruits from the soul, making Jesus Christ what attractive to all. Getting everybody involved in the glory and the praise of God. Presentation, attraction, and finally, reaction. Presentation and attraction are all for the purpose of the reaction. It's all about the strike. It's all about the strike. It's all about the hit. It's all about being able to say, fish on, reeling it in. When we leave this place today, we're going fishing. When we leave this place, we're going fishing. And and, and whether you know it or recognize it or do it with purpose, the fact is you're fishing. You're either repelling people away from the kingdom or you're drawing them into the kingdom. That's what we do. We're fishing. And so we're going to our workplaces, our schools, our homes, and and everywhere we go, we're fishing. We're fishing with our lives. We're presenting and attracting people to the gospel hook. We're trying to get a reaction from this world. And that has to be our driving force. Getting a reaction from the world has to be our driving force. What keeps a fisherman fishing? It's the strike. It's the anticipation of the strike and catching that fish. The strike of a sinner has to draw us and drive us and motivate us. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And he decided to use us to do that. I said Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And how he accomplishes that mission is from you and I. That's how he gets it done. Let's pray for, live for, and seek out a reaction to our Savior by living a life presenting the attractiveness of God. Ephesians 3, 7 says, This is my life work. Helping people understand and respond, react to this message. It came as a sheer gift to me, a real surprise, God handling all the details. Lauren, would you come? I was thinking this morning about fly fishing. I don't know if any of you have ever been fly fishing before, but we lived on the Little Red River in Arkansas, and it's just an absolutely gorgeous place to fish. And so I 
I learned a little bit about fly fishing. I'm definitely no skilled uh, master at fly fishing, but I learned how to do it a little bit. Because it's just, to me, it's just real art- artistic. You get out there in that water and there's a, a mist rising on that river and, and it's just you and God and just the fishing pole. And I didn't even care if I caught fish because it was just an intimate moment of being in the presence of God. But one of the things that I learned about fly fishing is it's really, the key to fly fishing is really two things. It's timing and it's rhythm. If you have timing and you have some rhythm, then you can learn to fly fish. You know, a lot of people learn even using a metronome because of the timing. You know, it's about going from 10 to 2. 10 and 2. 10 and 2. 10 and 2. So as you go down, pull the line out, come back, you let the line loose. Pull it out, let the line loose. Pull it out, let the line loose. And now you finally get to the place where you let it go and it lands on that water. And then you just wait and reel it in. Timing and rhythm. And so let me just say to you this morning that winning people to Christ is about two things. It's about timing it's about rhythm if you live your life in rhythm with God if you live your life in rhythm with God tuned to the beat of his heart listening to the melody line of his spirit living sensitive to his timing not getting off beat winning people will never be an issue it's not a problem They will be drawn to the song that He sings over you and the harmony in your heart every time. Timing and rhythm. We're not trying to make anything happen. You know how... Let me just let you have some freedom this morning. You're not trying to make anything happen. When you go to your workplace, you're not there to try to make anything happen. You just simply live in rhythm with God. Live in step with the Spirit. Live your life not ashamed, but loudly before God and before the people around you. And the timing, when the timing comes, you'll know it. God's timing will be revealed. And it will be a very organic type of situation. We try and we we think that there's such... There is a process to it. I wouldn't want to minimize that. But we try to get into it so much that we're like trying to make it happen. And we're trying to go from step to step. And we're trying to just kind of force things to happen. Living for God is not about that. It's really about keeping in step with His Spirit. About walking in harmony with Him. Getting in the rhythm of life. And just letting God guide you and direct you. You know, we don't have to make things happen. God will make things happen for you. He says, you fish and I'll catch. We try to do all the catching. Just fish. And you fish every day by the way you live and the way you present yourself. Here's what I believe. I believe that in this church, would you stand with me across this place? I believe that in this church, we have a lot of very attractive people. We have a lot of very attractive people in this place. You're attractive by your spirit 
and the life that you live, the way that God has blessed you and the way that God has taken care of you, the way God has brought you through difficulties. People have been watching that. They've been seeing that. And so to them, you're very attractive. And so just be sensitive to the Lord and His timing. And I promise you, the opportunity will come when you have a chance to catch that person, hook them with the gospel, and reel them in to the kingdom of God. Let's win some people for the kingdom. Let's invite some people to church. Let's win some people this year for the kingdom of God. Let's impact some people's life this year. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We'd love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you'd like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We'd love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street in Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river. Come to the river.